Welcome back in, everybody. Brady Farkas Show live at the America East Championship game here on WDEV, AM and FM, WDEVradio.com, and streaming this show also on Facebook Live. And let's just start the parade of guests right now, getting ready for this title game against UMass Lowell. Joining us on the phone line, former UVM basketball star Mike Trimboli, four-time all-conference player, 2,000 points, 2,000 assists, UVM Athletics Hall of Famer as of last year. Mike, good morning. How are you? Great, great. I got to keep you around. Just just follow me around everywhere I go. Just say that, please. That was nice. <laughs> well, we appreciate you taking some time early this morning. First and foremost, will you be in attendance at this game today? Definitely. Um, uh, I have actually some family coming up um, that, that are going to go to the game as well. So um, look forward to it every year now. Well, you're, yeah, uh, I'm calling it today the UVM Invitational instead of the America East <laughs> title game. So, um, look, you're a busy guy, career. You got two kids now. Congratulations. How much Thank do you, you get to follow this team? Um, well, the beauty of technology nowadays is that you can watch every game on, <laughs> on the ESPN. So I've been following them a, a good amount, and I you know, I stay in touch with Becker a lot and, and text with him and, and just let him know that I'm watching, even though I'm not in the stands as much anymore. Um, usually, um, as my as, as Colin McIntosh, some of my former teammates know that um, if I can get to a game, I get to a game um, to support them. And this year has been definitely a challenging having our second kid, uh, Brooklyn, in November. Um, this year was a little bit of a challenge, but uh, we were um, we got to the two playoff games thus far with the whole family there. So, what has impressed you about this team? Last playoff game was uh, awesome, by the way. <laughs> yes, uh, it's funny that you asked that question because I was talking um, I was talking to just some people in the basketball community and 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 at halftime of last game. And the thing that has impressed me more than anything else is their offense. Um, they, they don't have like that one person that's that go-to person, like, you know, Vermont has had, you know, historically. Um, but everybody plays for each other. And it was very evident in a play last game where a rebound or, or an offensive um, or, or a ball was missed and a rebound came off and, instead of that person trying to grab that rebound and put it back, they did everything they could and they really couldn't get to the ball. If they tried to grab it, they probably wouldn't have gotten it, but they tipped it out to somebody else. And then there was three passes and then an open three. Mm -hmm. And it's just like little plays like that. And the little things that they do, especially on the offensive side for each other, um, nobody's looking up at the board and seeing how many points they have or how many assists or how many rebounds. I, it looks like they are all out there playing for each other to get wins, and and that's what has impressed me the most. You know, this team has proven that it can win without Finn Sullivan going off. But at the same time, he's still the player of the year. He's had two points in the uh, first playoff game. He had five in the semifinal against Binghamton. As a guy who was a prolific scorer, when you are struggling, what is something you can do to kind of get yourself out of it, get yourself in the flow of the game early? Yeah, uh, really good question. So I, I think for me, if like I think in, in this situation, it's a little different because they don't need him to score 20 points to win. And so if I'm in his shoes, really what I'm what I think his focus is, is like, what can I do to help my team out? Mm -hmm. um, a lot of it. I mean, look at their defense like. I think being a leader and, and, and on the defensive side, like getting stops and making sure you're communicating with your teammates, 
the offense will come. And and if offense is something that and his like if, if they needed his offense, I've always used to try to get to the free throw line yeah. um, to get some easy easy buckets um, like that and see the ball go through the rim. But I don't. In, in my mind, it's it's more so like the intangibles and everything else. Because I think they just do a great job of of a collective unit on offensively, and and their offense is is awesome to play. And I wish I would have played in something like that. <laughs> um, but I, I think that's what he should. You know, I, if I were in his shoes, that's that's the main part that I would focus on. Finn Sullivan's a transfer. Cam Gibson's a transfer. Dylan Penn's a transfer. Matt Verretto's a transfer. It's certainly a lot different than it was a decade plus ago mm-hmm. when you were playing. What do you think of just not so much Vermont, but college basketball in general, where teams are built on guys coming in and out as opposed to homegrown four-year players like yourself? Mm-hmm. It's uh, the whole dynamic of the NCAA has changed, and and you know them opening it up to allowing things like that to happen. It was a lot more difficult um, when we were playing, and really, like my, I would say my junior year, so call it 0708, was the first time that we were starting to see some of that, a lot of transfer action happening. Um, and so I think UVM has done an awesome job of understanding the change in the environment and going with it as opposed to fighting it and getting guys that they know that are proven and, and can do the job and and fitting the right pieces together, right? Like there could be some really good players out there that that might want to come in, but if they don't fit what you're trying to do, you're not going to be successful. And I think you know Becker and and team have done a really good job of of making those pieces fit into how Vermont's culture is and and how they perform. You know what's crazy is that the transfer rules have actually benefited Vermont, where they've been getting players that have maybe come down from levels or made lateral moves to Vermont. The fear has always been that Vermont's going to have a player that plays well and then gets stolen by some bigger power. Did anybody ever try to get you to transfer to a higher level? <laughs> of course, there was always there's always <laughs> talks. Um, I had a couple. the The one in particular is I had a buddy um, of mine who played at Houston University of Houston. <laughs> Uh, and every summer, um, he was, we would always go play back home in Connecticut and he'd be like, you gotta come, you gotta come. And, um, it, at the time he was, he had a couple of like that previous season, he had a couple of like 40 point games and they just had like a run offense and a sh- uh, shooting threes and everything. So, um, but you know, the loyalty to, to the fans and the loyalty to the program is something that always kept me here. And, and I, I mean, I'm still in Vermont and this is 16 years later. So, um, that piece, I think there's just something about Vermont that's very special that people tend not to leave, um, especially for the four years that they're there. You know, you and I have talked about you being a guy that never got to play in the NCAA tournament, but you did play in deep runs in the America East tournament, played in America East title game or two. What were your emotions like on title game Saturday? Um, they were definitely different. Uh, I mean, you got ESPN two in the house. So like, you know, it's an early morning game. Um, so all of those things play into, um, the experience of being in that type of situation. And I think, you know, luckily for Vermont, they've, (laughs) they've done it a couple of times. Um, and, and being able to just know how to prepare for a situation like that. you can't go into the game and say it's not different because it definitely is. Um, it's a different atmosphere, but you got to embrace um, it, especially early on. Embrace the jitters um, as soon as that ball goes up. But once you start playing, you really don't. None of that stuff factors in. You're 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 reading the game and, and trying to play and win as any other game. 
how much different would it have been if the America East did the tournament then like it does now where you can get the home game at the end and have the championship played on your floor as the top seed? <laughs> You're asking all the right. Like it, it's something that we always say all the time, which is like, God, if we could have just had the ability to, um, to play at home and not play Albany as a number two seed, them being a number seven seed mm-hmm. at Albany, yeah. like, just like things like that. Um, you know, we, we felt it, but you know, that's the way it was. And that was what was the challenge in front of us. And, and unfortunately, like my senior year, when we played Albany at Albany as a number two seed, like we just, we were, Hey, we had to be the number one seed, right? Like that's, <laughs> that was our, you know, we got what we got and, and that's how it was. And, I think my freshman year we beat Binghamton as a as like a six or a seven seed um, at Binghamton. So um, it, it, the chips fell how they did, and and I'm just happy that I got to do it with the teammates that I had and and built those relationships um, with with those teammates and and have people on the staff like Becker um, that I still talk to on a on a weekly basis. So. You know, we always talk about what's it like to play in the NCAA tournament with guys? I, I am curious. You got to play in the NIT. I am curious what the environment was like of the NIT. It was a lot of fun. We, um, I mean, Kansas, I guess, Kansas I guess State, it all, yeah, yeah, yeah. We played Kansas state. It, it all depends on like the, um, who you get in it, like playing in that, um, I forget the name of their arena, but like, it's pretty much a barn. Um, yeah. and it might be called the barn. I don't even know anymore, <laughs> but, um, it, like they had a full full crowd there, so it it was like it was it was pretty fun um, in that regard. We we actually played them pretty tough up until you know last couple of minutes of the game, um, and and we really should have pulled it out and, and beat them. But um, obviously, playing in their gym at, at a, a big Division one big time school, uh, it it didn't fall in our favor. But um, it, it was a really cool experience. You know, I'm going to ask you a question that seems random, but I promise I have a point to it. You went to high school in Connecticut. Did you play at a public or a private high school? Um, so I played at two high schools okay. um, in Connecticut. And so I w- the Trinity Catholic was the name of my first high school. So it was a private um, high school. We played in a public school system um, called the FCAC, um, the Fairfield County IAC, whatever that stands for. Um <laughs> And, uh, and then I, um, I was really young for my grade. So I had people that were in a grade below me, um, that were older than me. Um, just, I started school early and never really took advantage of, of that. So, um, instead of going to a prep school, I had a, I had a, uh, high school that was right down the street from me that my AAU coach was a coach of. Um, and I ended up, uh, going there for what they called like a super senior year. It's pretty mm-hmm. much just like a grad tra- grad year um, mm-hmm. in, in the in the college world. Um, but I did that for a year um, called St. Luke's in New Canaan, Connecticut. Um, and they've had some good players come out of there recently. Uh, a couple guys that played in the America East. Um, and uh, and so I did that for a year. So the well. reason the reason why I ask is, like, trust me, I won't drag you into this controversy, but <laughs> I created a firestorm the other day because I said that I don't believe private schools should be allowed to win state championships against public schools. Like, I don't mind mm-hmm. private schools existing. I don't mind private schools taking kids from public schools. But then I have a problem when private schools go and beat public schools 
for championships mm -hmm. with the kids they beat. I was just curious how other states do this. So you said you played in the public school league, but when it came playoff time, did the private schools get separated out or were they still all together? Uh, they were still all together. It was, mm. it was no different. And I'll uh, let me, let me throw this your way and, and uh -oh. you can give me, and you can give me some, some feedback here. Um, I always feel like if you set up and you go and you're doing the right things as a high school basketball coach, mm -hmm. right? Going and let me give you this example. So I have a nephew who's in eighth grade. Okay. Um, at, and and their champ, they have a middle school league that they play against each other. Yeah. The championship game is in the high school, the okay. the local high school. Yeah. As a high school basketball coach, your your uh, city's championship for middle school is ha is there. Do you mm -hmm. go to that game? Yes, I would go to that okay. game. Okay. No, the the high school coach of that town was not at that game. Okay. So the reason why I say that is because if you do the right things as a as a public high school basketball and a public high school basketball coach, your kids shouldn't leave because you should be doing the right things to from when they're young, getting there and, and really developing them and being a part of that community so that when they get to the point in time where they're making a decision on where they want to go to high school, they have an option and they have a choice. And if you're doing the right things as a high school basketball coach, they, you should be keeping those kids in that program. I would now, say I would say you're right about that. However, we know that kids leave for any number of reasons, right? Kids leave for sports. Kids leave for academics. Kids leave because that's where their families went. Kids leave because of religious affiliation, whatever. So sometimes that doesn't even matter, and a kid's going to leave anyways. What mm -hmm. I have an issue with is, Mike, you and I play AAU together from age 8 until age 15, and then we see each other in the state championship, and I'm like, and you beat us, and I'm like, that guy should be my teammate, and he just dropped 30 on us, and how different would it be if he was actually my teammate? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you're right. Like, There's other factors that, definitely, that, that play into it. Um, I think if – I hear what you're saying, and, and I, I, don't dis I don't disagree that there is some potential. I'm more talking about the fact that like, I don't think the kids should be going that way if these high school – public schools are doing the right things and and let's you know if if you go to rice right because you know the the tradition of of winning is there but like there there's other opportunities out there like you know I talk to uh, BJ Robertson all the time and and he develops kids and he and he does the right things and he helps kids and and he gets them to the next level and like he does some of those things that like if I'm a high school kid and if basketball is what I want to do, then I'm going to go to the right mm -hmm. place where I'm going to be successful and get to the next level. Mm -hmm. So yes, education and all that stuff plays into it. But if your focus is to get to that next level and have college paid for, um, mm -hmm. there, there's other things mm -hmm. that, you know, everything takes into account. Mike, I'll get you out of here on this as we uh, are coming up on uh, just past nine o'clock here on the uh, Brady Farkas show this morning. Uh, I talked a lot this season about me playing men's league hoops alongside of you. And I was talking about our games when I played well, when I didn't, then the, the winter season, I played terrible. We weren't on the same team. The people want to hear it from you. Honestly, how good or bad am I at hoops? I love playing with you. 
<laughs> I love playing with you. You are, I mean, we won a championship. We did win a champ unde- undefeated ten and, and we, zero, and and we were the one two combo. So, <laughs> just gonna throw it out there. No, it it was a lot of fun, and um, I re- I really enjoyed it. Like getting getting out there, and you you can shoot the ball. You can shoot the ball. I would say better jump shot than I. Than uh, I, I wouldn't yeah, go that far. I'm, I'm throwing that out there. I like that's it. you already have tickets to this game. You don't need me to you don't need me to get you in. So, Mike, man, I appreciate it. I will see you uh, in a couple of hours from now. America East title game, 11 a.m. Obviously, we're counting down yeah. to it. Catamounts and UMass Lowell. Mike Tromboli with us here. Mike, we appreciate it. And uh, again, I'll see you in a couple hours. Awesome. Thanks, Brady. Always a pleasure.